0: Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. A verse that's often quoted and not really implemented in is 2 Corinthians 5:17. And it's a verse that we all know and are so thankful for, but need a fresh revelation in this verse of the heart of God on a daily basis. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is brand new. The old thing is passed away. Behold, all things are new in Christ. You know, when you think of this verse, it's so easy to remember the old things, the things that are stained with sin, the weakness of man, the the flaws, but God is saying, I have made you brand new. I have made you flawless. I have made you in the image of my son. We see this illustrated in Jeremiah chapter 18 as well, in verse 2 through 4. He talks about the potter's house, and he wants us to hear his words. And he talks about working a work on the wheels. And in verse 4, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in his hand, Of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. It's an interesting verse here because it's speaking of Israel, how there's a marring that goes on. There's a breaking, there's a bruising, there is a tremendous pressure and a tremendous uh, disfigurement, if we could say. But guess what? The clay is being molded into something brand new. When we think about relationships, this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. There can be newness with bad history. There can be newness with past failures. There can be newness with a wrong self-image. And how does this happen? Well, it happens by relating to Jesus Christ about that person or relating to Jesus Christ about ourselves and uh, before we come to a conclusion, before we handle ourselves in a certain way, we really must have Christ's eyes, Christ's ears, and Christ's mind. We really need to have our center point based in Christ. Otherwise, we will cancel people out. We will throw people away. We will uh, render them or ignore them or chastise them in a way where they no longer are in our life. Now, let me just balance this. I'm not asking someone to stay in an abusive relationship or a violent relationship or a toxic relationship. But what I am saying is that if we are in Christ, we are brand new. And to relate to the person based on what Christ says to that person. Now, you might say that's not practical or... In some cases, that's not even logical. But really, our faith is supernatural. And think about Christ. He knew everything about us. He sees everything about us, and he promises not to leave us or forsake us. He promises never to have the uh, bruised reed. He promises not to break it or quench the smoking flax in Isaiah 42.5 you know, obviously, you know, we could say, oh, that's how, that's only Christ can do that. Only Christ could forgive that monster, or only Christ could forgive that person. And that's exactly the point, is without Christ, we can do nothing. We cannot give grace that we haven't first given to ourselves. We cannot give love unless we have received that love from above. We cannot forgive unless we realize how much we've been forgiven. So newness is very much important in our life because trust and also uh, understanding the heart of someone really must go through the lens of the finished work of Christ, which means that Christ, we really must relate to that person based on who Christ is and what he has done. I am not anyone's judge, and Paul said, I'm not even my own judge, because Christ will make me stand in Romans 14.4. I'd like to share a couple of verses here. Uh, you know, I love this verse in Isaiah 43, 18, and 19. And it says, literally, do not remember the former things or the consider the things of old. And what he's saying is, yes, we live and we learn, and experience is important, but moving forward into newness, we must really grab a hold of something supernatural or something from the promises of God. So let me illustrate. Let's say we go to buy a car. We certainly enjoy the new car smell. We love it that there's no miles in that car. We are going to break in that car. We are going to enjoy the potential of that car. And this is exactly what the Lord is saying about us. He wants us to look at ourselves and look at others based in his mercy in Lamentations 3.23, because his mercy is new every day. His mercy cancels out the ledger against one another. His mercy cancels out the wrongs and injustices. How do things change? Do things change uh, based on giving evil for evil or an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth? No, things don't change that way. Things change based on introducing something new, especially in relationships uh, when there's, Uh, an irritation or a frustration or a disappointment. How do we change those things? Well, we change our mind about who who that person is, and we don't base our love on their performance. But we put on the new man in Ephesians 4.24 that's based in holiness. Because how is that person going to change? Well, they're going to change by being confronted with the goodness of God, with the newness of God. And in 6.2 of of Romans, he will lead us into a new and living way. You say this is impossible. You say that this is not, not practical. And I would say you're right. We must let the Holy Spirit show us something brand new. Just like Christ sees us in the love of God and thinks no evil about us because of the authority of his love leads us into a new place every time. His grace creates something in our life that we could never produce. This is why grace creates newness in our life. This is why agreeing with truth, not based on myself or situational ethics, but we agree with absolute truth, even if we don't feel like it, or even if we don't believe it's true or relevant, it is God's word. And he knows more, sees more, and is everywhere present beyond what we could even imagine. And that's a good point, 1 John three twenty. If your heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, for he knows all things. We must really tell ourselves uh, that we do not know it all. We do not know every nook and cranny of every situation. Uh, they, they say there's three sides to a story. It's, it's the spouse, one spouse's side, the other spouse's side, and then the Holy Spirit. How many of us tune into the Holy Spirit side? How many of us really enter into the newness where God releases us from the old and gives us new eyes, new ears, new heart in 3626 of Ezekiel and gives us his mind. This is really something that will cause us to live in 2 Corinthians 5:17. We are brand new. The stain of sin can be erased and expunged and we can have an attitude of never ever being used up or stained by the devil. You know, I I remember a situation where a uh, a couple was dating, and and the you know, unfortunately, you know, before they were married, the 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 lady got pregnant, and she was so shamed, and um, you know, she was thinking about her wedding day and how she couldn't wear white because she uh, was not blameless or pure. And I remember watching the pastor say, "You know what? There's been forgiveness." There's been uh, reconciliation. There's been a turning of your heart. There's been a change. And he married them, and she wore white. Why? Because in her position, she was brand new. In her position, she was clean. And she responded to John 15, 3, you are clean right now because of the words I'm speaking to you. This is what we need to really understand in our memory center, in our heart, this is what will reduce shame and deal with guilt in our life, is laying a hold of the newness of God, the newness of words. So, so very important because otherwise we live in the old and we live in the used, we live in the inferior. We live in the broken places, and that's really our default. We, our default often goes to the old broken places, and God says, "I'm moving you out of the ashes, into something new." You know, in the the Gospels talks about here in Luke five thirty seven and thirty eight. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, other the new wines will burst the skins, and it will spill out, and the skins will be ruined but new wine must be put in fresh wineskins. What does that mean? We cannot identify with our old man and think that we can make him better or fix him. No, no. There needs to be a crucifixion, a surrender, a total uh, surrender to God and saying, Lord, crucify my old man. I want to give power and authority and feed the new man. I want to have new thoughts new thoughts about that person. Did they wrong you? Yes, maybe they did. Are we going to set up ourselves to be used? No. Are we going to have boundaries in our relationships? Yes, but it starts in our thinking. It starts with putting new wine. Okay, Lord, give me a finished work perspective towards my spouse, a finished work perspective towards my, my boss, a finished work perspective to my sibling or my parent, uh, and most of all to ourselves we want to relate to ourselves based on the image of God so let's say an injustice happens and yes people are held accountable and yes there is a a key for responsibility and and and, and yes uh you know we may not go on vacation with our enemy but we're told to love our enemy and the only way we can love our enemy is seeing him in Christ so let's say they're not even saved what are we going to do? We're going to look at them in their potential and handle them in their potential in Christ. Be kind to them. Pray for them. Because you know, you and I may be the only vehicle that they see that's different from an eye from an eye and a tooth from a tooth. They're going to say, wow, well, that person handles me. They have every right to crucify me with their words and their actions. But instead, they're, uh, they're doing kindly They're kind to me. And you know, we see that this can heap coals of fire on their head. This can get a hold of their mind. It's something that uh, goes deep when they know they deserve vengeance. They know they deserve judgment. But in 2.13 of James, mercy rejoices over judgment. It's said again in Mark 2.22, don't put the new in the old. So, let let the new wineskins receive the new wine. And in 8.13 of Hebrews, we are given a new covenant. We are given a new covenant from the blood of Christ Jesus. As I came, gave everything, I gave my pure blood so that it would wash away the stain, it would wash away the past, it would wash away the problems, it would wash away the, the, the flawed nature. And my relationship to you now is not based on the law But it's based on the royal law of God. And so now when God sees you and I, he does not see us in our sin, he sees us in his Son. And this is a revelation we need every day because in relationships we we make mistakes, we give evil for evil, we come to carnal conclusions, in our critical thinking we are we become the judge. And I'm just saying in the Bible, we are shown how to look at people, how to think about people, how to relate to ourselves in newness, in a brand new place, never been used, uh, really a a beautiful expression of purity and a beautiful expression of holiness, a beautiful expression of, of wholeness. That's where holiness comes from when we really see ourselves whole in him, well, there's so much we could say here, and I would just say this that in your in your constant struggle and my constant struggle as we think with God in these things, to say, "Lord, I want to see that person in a new way. I want to hear the Bible in a new way. I want you to remake lines in my mind in my heart." that show me, show Christ in that person, and not to know them in 1 Corinthians 2.2 after their flawed nature, but in 2 Corinthians 5.16 to know them in Christ, in Christ. How does Christ see you today? He sees you as a son. He sees you as a daughter. Does he concentrate on your sin? No, in Habakkuk 3, he cannot look, uh, Habakkuk 1, excuse me, he cannot look at sin. Does he handle you in your sin today? No, for uh, Psalm 103, 10 through 14, he does not handle you in your sin. Uh, knowing how Christ sees us in his image, that we are his masterpiece, a trophy in Ephesians two ten. 10, uh, he delights over us in Jude 24, we see that uh, he it does not look at us as an enemy today, but he looks at us as the children of God in First Peter 2, four. Oh, we want this mindset. Oh, we want sin not to rattle our cage and cause us to be bitter. We don't want to be a judge or a Pharisee or a legalistic. You know, a legalistic person hates when grace is given to the most undeserving, but really... When grace is given to the most undeserving, this is when God gets all the glory. We have to really change our mindset here. Not, you know, not what will bring me glory, what what will bring me justice, but what will bring God glory? What will bring God glory? That's really where we see the point here. God says, "I will make things new." Revelations twenty-one five. Behold, I will make things new. You know, we will see that one day when heaven and earth has passed away, there'll be a new kingdom a new heaven, a new earth, you know. Today, let's consider newness in our life. What does newness look like? Maybe in our marriages, we we start to invest the marriage we want, not just the marriage we have. Maybe, again, we're giving what's needed and not what's deserved. To have a new mindset of, okay, I'm going to see that person in Christ, handle them not where they are, but where they will be. These are great touch points and great uh, points of reference that will build frames of reference and really uh, cause us to handle each other in newness, brand new. You are new. You know, the the person that's addicted may say, Hi, my name is, we'll give them their name and I'm an alcoholic. That is not a healing statement. Reinforcing who we were is not going to bring newness you may say, oh, that's that's just not realistic. Well, I'm not talking about being realistic here. We're talking about embracing a new mind. How, let this mind be new that was also in Christ Jesus. The Philippians 2, 4 through 6 model, uh, the new language in Ephesians 4, 23 through 29, having a new language comes from new thinking. So I want to reinforce newness. Okay, so let's say we haven't yet Uh, Experienced newness. Let's say there's a besetting sin, or maybe there's a desire that we've not yet uh, realized. We've procrastinated. Maybe we're not motivated. Newness, confessing newness, embracing newness, confessing the promise, embracing the promise, acting as though the promise is happening, praying as though the answer has happened. God is always working. These are ways for newness, newness, newness. We are a new creation, created in Christ Jesus. Uh, I just maybe close with Isaiah 65, 17. I create a new heaven, a new earth, and the former things will be remembered no more or come to mind. 21, four revelations, every tear will be wiped and every memory will be removed. These are things that are in our future uh, about our sin and all of the destruction that that sin creates and God is saying, I will remove that memory so that you have clean and pure and new minds. We can have this today, but it takes uh, it takes focus, it takes uh, concentration, It takes saying no to what I believe my rights are and embracing what glorifies God. Does God get the glory? when sin or evil reigns no but god gets the glory when the most undeserving and the most unrighteous responds to who god is uh, this is key let's be believers that uh really operate in giving god glory and god gets glory when there's newness and a, a an attitude of newness and this really changes the hearts of people you know i think of a uh, of a situation down in South America where a uh, a plane, uh, a passenger plane, a small Cessna was shot down, and um, and somehow uh, you know we understand that those people in those in that plane were missionaries, and um, everyone died. And how the story goes is that the family came, and they found the guerrilla, the warriors there that shot down the the plane. And, you know, they, uh, of course, were very angry, of course, very broken, but they forgave and they uh, committed them to Christ and they ministered to them in the love of Christ. And you know what happened is that those people that uh, were in the wrong, they were confronted with something beyond what they could expect. They were confronted with a new mind, a new heart, and they they were broken and they were repentant and they got saved. Um, I also believe that they served uh, time for what they did. But what was meaningful to them is that uh, they were forgiven. And how many people, if you were to talk to people in jail today, and I have been there talking with people and seen these broken lives. And many of them are in there wanting the approval of their father or love from their mother, and they have a broken mindset and they're acting out in a negative way. Why? Because they they want the newness of being loved and accepted and significance. And uh, therefore they are uh, reacting out of a wounded soul. They're damaged. And God is saying, my love can more than able... Uh, then fill out that void. It can actually transform you. It can actually make you into something brand new. And this is the thing about God's newness is it comes in and not only meets the need, but it designs and creates in us what our true need is, and that is to glorify and to be known by God. and And these actions uh, they give us new desires, new appetites, new confidences, new boldnesses, uh, and we become um, selfless, and we be in Christ gets all the glory. Well, old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. Do you have any old things? I'm sure if you looked around your house, you could find some old things. Maybe even, maybe you're sitting on antiques or you have antiques in your house. And sometimes we hold on to the old because it's something we know there's nostalgia or it's uh we know people after their past. God is saying the past is gone. Live today as a brand new creature. As a trophy of grace, you are what you are by the grace of God in first Corinthians fifteen ten This is the uh, the point of reference we need this is the conviction we need to say no to the past and to say yes and embrace the newness that God speaks. What is God speaking? Well, he is speaking newness. How does someone get deal has someone deal with addictions it 's newness. How does someone deal with an unresolved conflict? They embrace the new thinking of God. How does someone uh, you know minister life in a relationship? Well, they minister newness. And what happens? The tangled up nature of our complexities, it becomes untangled. We become untangled. The problem becomes untangled. Why? Because most problems are sort, are often sourced not in the things we think. You know, someone might say, oh, this person did this for me and this person did that for me against me and therefore I'm mad at them and I won't speak to them for for months or even years. Is that really the issue? No, no, it's deeper than that. Oftentimes people are angry at people because they are looking at themselves in other people and they don't like what they see and they they hate themselves. So uh, that's a real issue in anger, you know, that People see things in other people that they, that they don't like in themselves, and they take it take it out on them, and and they avoid them or they cancel them out, and they refuse in humility to recognize the real issues. In James chapter four, verse one and two, the real issue is me and you. It's our heart, and uh, oftentimes problems are are definitely not sourced in what we think. And this is why God is saying, don't try to fix yourself. Let my love, grace, mercy, forgiveness heal you and bring you to a new place. Can the leopard change its spots? No, it can't. It cannot, it's made that way. Can we stop sinning? Unfortunately, no, but we can give God the authority and sin less and and again, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, maybe you wanna hold people hostage based on what they did to you. It'll only hurt you. It'll only hurt me. Don't do that. Let it go. Uh, obviously, we set up boundaries. Obviously, we keep people accountable. Obviously, we live in responsibility. But God is saying, you're on the potter's wheel. I must break you to remake you. Because we will not choose that. We will choose the easy way. We will choose the the uh, the less... Um, stressful or the less uh, turbulent way. And God says, I must bring you through to build you again in Jeremiah thirty-one four, I must build you anew. I must give you a new mindset, new emotions, uh, new ways of thinking. And God does this in the gift of his grace. So today, let's pray for newness. Uh, let's not hold people hostage. Let's not self-loathe. Let's not um, be too hard on ourselves, but let grace do a new thing in your life. And uh, remember, old things are passed away. Don't let the old things sabotage your present things. Sur- surrender it to God. Leave it in God's hands. Embrace how God thinks about you. His thoughts to you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. In Jeremiah 29, 11, why? Because he is thinking in the newness of who he is towards you at all times. God bless you. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.